91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Everybody, this is Dangerous Dan live on your airwaves, and oh god, it's a fucking alien! That's the entire plot of this movie. Uh, this is Dead Channels from 1992, as picked by Brian. Um, I, it seems like a movie I would pick. It really, truly does. It had been on my list for a while, but Brian has probably the exact same childhood nostalgia that I have for this movie since I rented it so goddamn much. So, uh, Brian, why did you pick Bad Channels? Because bad channels to me is full moon features. Like like yeah. this yeah. this is this is full moon features. I don't like evil bong and and fucking Ooga Booga Man, like those like meta all right, we realize we're a fucking shit company, so let's make shit movies intentionally is not full moon to me. Like this movie, it's got a lot of faults. And it is not a great movie, but they tried. They gave their best and they tried to make a movie with this one. And yeah. I love it for it. It's so endearing to me. So, there, and I've got a lot of notes, a lot of notes for this. But let's start with the fact that somehow Full Moon Pictures got Blue Oyster Cult to score the entire movie. Which, like, <laughs> I mean, like, what was Blue Oyster Cult doing in 92? I know. Not much. Still, <laughs> yeah. They had to have had... Yeah, they couldn't have been hard up for money. Like, Don't Fear the Reaper is one of those songs that probably pays the bills for all eternity. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, what do you mean they didn't have time? How many times did you have to practice that one song that everybody knows? <laughs> Listen, they had two songs that everybody knows, all right? There was I'm Burning, I'm Burning, I'm Burning for You. Uh, that's <laughs> true. That's true. They, I, I'm sure a Blue, o- a Blue Oyster Cult concert would be like, uh, I can't remember the fucking uh, band. That I saw at Hangout Fest. They sing the song, I could lift you up. I could take you where you want to see. They played that three times at a new So they had two <laughs> covers. They did a cover of Weezer, which was cool. They did a cover of Michael Jackson. And then they like played that song three times because they're like, 
we're losing them. This is the only <laughs> song we have. Oh my god! Uh, when Shrop saw less than Jake one time, their opening act was Tommy Two Tone, and he played Jenny three times in his set. He opened; <laughs> it was in the middle, and then he closed with it. And when I saw Montel Jordan, he played a twenty-minute set, and somehow "This Is How We Do It" made it in there twice. <laughs> 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 yeah, like sometimes that's just what you got, but. As we all know, Blue Oyster Cult was the focal point of one of the greatest movies ever made, The Stone Age. So- oh, 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 my God. Damn it. Why did you? Oh. <laughs> hey, I so enjoyed that movie. You can fast forward to the end of this episode where I actually have that as my. my- <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell God you something. Damn it. Let me tell you something. I haven't seen him since I was probably 10, 10 or 12, but. At the time, man, the Stone Age and Detroit Rock City, I won't watch them because I know I'd probably hate them as adults. But I love – they were the epitome of comedy when I watched them. <laughs> Listen, the Stone Age was really not very good. I I, no. I specifically watched it because there were some boobs in it. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's not. But I loved it. I love that. Yeah. I love well, I mean, watch for that with a future City. Patreon bonus. Yeah, Brian, next time you're over, I got it on DVD. We'll sit down and watch The Stone Age. Of course um, you do. Jesus. So uh, the movie starts off and you got this guy and he's looking at the power lines and everything's going crazy. And he goes, must be that their new radio station causing this. <laughs> Which like then immediately after that we have the exposition news interview where we find out that it isn't really a a new radio station they just realized that they could be syndicated so it it doesn't really uh, that the two are not connected but it's station 666 that used to be all polka no no, it's not 666 it's uh it's broadcasting at 666 kilohertz Oh, that was their big thing. Okay, because mm-hmm. I thought that they were like Radio Six Six too. They were. K-Dull. I think they're Radio Six. Yeah, K Doll. Uh, <laughs> but why? So here's my question for you guys: Can you suss out why it's 666 kilohertz, but it brings an alien instead of a demon? No, <laughs> no, nope, nope, no logic to it. Uh, <laughs> but they used to play all polka, and that's where we hear our first song by Psychotic Symphony. Uh, Psychotic Symphony, under the fake name of the Yucca Aliens, uh, are doing the Old Lady Polka, which is the song that's playing over and over and over again. As Dangerous Dan O'Dare is chained to his desk, and he won't stop playing that song till someone guesses the combo. And you know, I kind of remember like radio giveaways like this. Oh hell yeah, dude! Like, this was definitely a thing in the 90s. This is a very of the 90s movie. Well, like, who listens to the... Well, I mean, there's no radio anymore. It's all Spotify or, like, you know, iHeartRadio, whatever. Uh, but, um, and Sirius XM, liquid metal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, so, all right. I am ostensibly the oldest of the three of us. And um, I remember... There were shock jocks like in 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 Canton, which is the you know is the biggest town near us. So we had, oh, was it was one hundred point seven WMMS, um, and and they would do giveaways and they would have shock jocks who were, I mean, really, they didn't even shock me, and I was a little country bumpkin, so there's not <laughs> saying much. But um, the, I remember that uh, my best friend growing up, 
uh, I mean, my other best friend besides Mario, uh, his name's Eric, and he, so they would do the top 10 at 10. It was like the 10 most popular or like most requested songs of the week. And if you call in in advance, they would give you, they would be like, okay, you get to present, you get to do like a 10 second blurb before song number nine or eight or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And people would make uh, personalities. And so Eric had these three personalities um, and one of them was Piss and Pete. And so he would pour water into the toilet. You'd have the phone with him. He'd pour water into the toilet while he was saying whatever the song was. And I remember, I specifically remember because Eric recorded that he, you know, taped it off of the radio to show it to me later that he, um, that he got on the radio as Piss and Pete. And it was whatever song number it was, it was Shame by Stabbing Westward. And then the shock jock goes, and shame on you. And then played the song. So that is the most 90s memory I can come up with. We actually won tickets to Disney World. Um, the first time I went, as far as my memory goes back, because my mom called like a country station. And <clears throat> it was caller 41 Disney World tickets. And uh, she called, she won. And I was shocked that three other people listened to that country station to be the first three callers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went well, to Disney other, for a week. The other thing about that that I always remember is... Cause like they recorded, everything is on a time delay. And like when they called, when my mom was caller four, she was like, Oh, cool. And like, that was, but then like, cause I was standing next to her when it happened, but then they play it on the air and they're like, Hey, you've won the tickets. And like, it cut to a completely different person going like, Oh my God. And then it was my mom for the rest of the call where she's like, I'm Donna Kelly. Like, It was so ridiculous. That would have been so much funnier if they would have just like not given your mom the tickets and been like, Oh, there she goes. There she got the tickets, but like not give you the tickets. Yeah, off to someone else. Uh, so no, not just not give the tickets. out. <laughs> So we've got a four-piece marching band. So weird, and she's oh, yeah, like, I forgot "We're talking about this movie." Yeah. yeah so Bunny, yeah, but oh, 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 we're missing a couple things. Uh, yeah. So bef- the first thing that I have, like, it's not my first note, but it's the first thing that we haven't discussed yet. Um, the guy that's at the power station, I, um, I called him the uh, the the Kmart Reggie Bannister. Okay. <laughs> because he looks yeah. like okay, and then. Um, we get to the uh, truck stop. That's the next thing we see. Oh, peanut, peanut and cookie. Yeah, yeah peanut and cookie. And peanut is another uh, Kmart Reggie Bannister, yes, but it's he actually is. he is the um, he's the guy in Fast Times Ridgemont High that complains about his breakfast to Judge Reinhold. He's like, yeah. uh, and then Judge Reinhold says, "I'm going to kick 100 percent of your ass." Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me how to have a piss there, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> We're introduced to Bunny, who has the worst voice. Imaginable. Oh, she's great, man. She's he like, goes, you sound like a real airhead, Bunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to try to, t- to, to make the tickets. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. Uh, and also in this movie, who's a terrible actress, is Martha Quinn from MTV playing Lisa, the news reporter. Yeah, I, she shouldn't be. She shouldn't be the main you know, I don't want to say final girl, but I guess that's what you would consider her. <laughs> she shouldn't be the main character. Um, She's awful. We completely overlooked the greatest acting in this movie, though. 
in my opinion, which is the fat guy that's in the, uh, <laughs> the DJ booth with him when he looks outside to to see where the hell the guy is with the uh, cheeseburgers and he does a double take when he notices them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my diet? <laughs> yeah, good fucking question, fatty. <laughs> I think that, that so, joke was entirely intentional. I, I, I don't think they're that stupid. So my my favorite line, uh, and it's for the writing of it, is uh, the cop. The cop is so over the top in this movie. And he goes, sounds like a lot of people been saying things tonight. But, <laughs> but then he points to the guy who runs the radio station and he goes, I'm going to be real ticked off if this is a publicity stunt. <laughs> and I was like, really grinding my gears, buddy. <laughs> we were, I can't remember. It was a few episodes back. We were just talking about how we respected a movie that everyone bought into the, you know, the evil that was happening. Cause it's very, right away. Yeah. they don't, this cop is seeing people dissipate in like <laughs> just, just in thin air just disappearing and he's like he's holding them hostage i don't want to hear this alien mumbo jumbo it's like you're watching people disappear in front of your eyes uh yeah i he is he is the worst um and it takes forever for the alien to show up like that's the other thing that kind of bothers me is there is so much of like dangerous dan o'hare just being obnoxious as fuck like there's this yeah really offensive confucius joke oh yeah i have that line also the and and the girls the he's he's talking to the the um the reporter and she's like very funny not like wow you're a real piece of shit she's like ha ha (laughs) let me tell you something asians are gonna get their revenge because they put up with the most racist shit in movies like to this day and they don't they don't complain so they're obviously like, just wait, just wait, and see, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> um, the other favorite delivery of a line is shortly after the offensive Confucius joke scene where Lisa and the police officer show up and find the one guy. And he's like, he put, he put it something right on my chest. <laughs> it was some kind of rod. It was weird. It, it was like a fucking a haunted house, but like one that's put on by a church. <laughs> I literally wrote right there on my chest and then a bunch of scribbles. And then above it in parentheses, it just says unintelligible screaming. <laughs> like it sounds like when Homer Simpson's injured. <laughs> yeah. I do love the costumes of the alien though, because they, Oh, look I like literally wrote what a shitty alien. Costume. <laughs> they are, they, that is absolutely a villain. And one of the mighty Morphin power Rangers episode. I can't <laughs> remember which one. <laughs> and he, he describes it as a turd with a porthole window. <laughs> yeah. It's very accurate to what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, so, so, the funny thing about this is the first shot you get of the alien when it's backlit and there's a ton of fog. I was like, is this the sequel to Extro? <laughs> <laughs> is this when he comes say, back? I will say that the actor who plays Dan O'Dare, though, is having a blast with this movie. Like, his over-the-top scream. There's, like, the one scene where they see the alien and him and Corky, the sound guy, grab each other and just screaming and looking at the camera and screaming. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, they are... 
I can't tell if the rest of the cast is having fun with this movie, but they are on cloud nine while shooting this film. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you something about that guy. His name's Paul Hip, and He's been in a uh, ton of shit. He <laughs> is also a Philly native. Yeah, he is. He uh, talks about he talks about that in uh, I the DVD that I have for Bad Channels also comes with a twelve minute video zone behind the scenes. Oh, nice! And he makes the name drop to being from Philly. He's like I. Ever since I was a little boy in Philly, I always dreamed I'd be in Los Angeles fighting a man in an alien costume (laughs) (laughs) with Lysol. (laughs) Yeah, what a weird fucking twist. I know this is supposed to be a riff on War of the Worlds, and I get it, but it's just such a weird twist, man. So Martha Quinn in that video zone, I wish that they would have just let her be herself because she was so much. Which one's Martha Quinn? She's the reporter. Oh, okay. The the former MTV VJ. Oh, okay. So funny and charming in the interviews on this video zone. And then like, she's so just bad at acting, but she's like, you know, most of the time that I'm in the movie, I'm screaming and reacting to a director waving his hand saying, pretend I'm an alien, pretend I'm an alien (laughs) or a piece of paper that's written on someone that says, imagine fungus here <laughs> <laughs> i love that but that's how shitty it really was yeah. man i wish that, moon. that I w- version of her was the reporter like this real sarcastic like person but now instead we got her being like i've got the story of the century yay <laughs> she's she's all it was such a bad decision to have like a, any mtv vj do anything ever uh, especially be an MTV VJ, but uh, so so they um this kind of reminds me of how in Smiley that we just discussed like what two weeks ago uh, yeah. that has all YouTube personalities and they suck. Yeah, <laughs> like some no, people just. Suck? Know who doesn't suck though? That little fucking robot. That little guy. Oh, I love body. That. Yeah, that. <laughs> yes, and he's like. I love the robot eyes, and then I'm like, "Stop beating your robot!" <laughs> he's got he's got a brain inside of a jar in his head. It's great. Yeah, I'm thinking like, is this uh, the sequel to Silent Night Deadly Night Three? <laughs> Can only hope. Uh, Peanut has a line that I don't totally get what it means, but he goes, "This guy's crazier than a tree full of owls." Yeah. <laughs> so Peanut is such a weird. Yeah, I actually, this some bitch is crazier than a tree full of owls. Yeah. Oh man. Uh but then we get the uh the blind faith uh the first song. music video. There's so here's the thing. Scott we're going to talk about the music videos real quick. Uh yeah, I'm fine so with it. You, I'm all about it. You made fun of me a whole lot about the psychotic symphony. Okay, so but, this is going to be embarrassing. Wait, wait. I have to preface what you're going to say. I like psychotic symphony's video in this. That's what I was going to say. If especially compared to the other three videos it almost and and this stems even <clears throat> further in the video zone thing. It feels like Psychotic Symphony was the only band that like came into this movie and they're like, we've got a vision, we know what we want to do, we know what this needs to look like. Whereas the other bands were just like, yeah, just put us in a location, we'll just play. Oh uh, well, fuck the grunge band, the worst. They're awful. Oh, yeah. DMT so with touching myself touch him- again, oh, just God, touching buddy. myself again. <laughs> It's so yeah. bad. Yeah, I actually for I've, I've seen this movie maybe three or four times, um, and I forget every single time that that scene happens because I fast forward through it. Yeah, no, I fast forwarded through the first two music videos because I've no, 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 Blind Faith isn't so bad. 
Blind Faith, Faith is, is a good song. It's a good song, but the video is dull as dirt. Like, it's yeah, but it's just... got the it's got Cookie dancing around. It's funny. I don't know. Yeah. And so, Blind so wait, Faith before... by they were song by Fair Game. No, no, no. Um, Fair Game is the name of the song, right? No, and no, the... no. The song's Blind Faith. The band <laughs> is Fair Game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and uh, the the intention. From according to the video zone, anyway, was that they wanted to find an all female rock band. What they ended up finding was this band, Fair Game, that was all female musicians and a male lead singer. Because uh, at first I was like, "What? Did they just grab random girls to pretend to play?" A guitar? I checked on are... this too, <laughs> but no, that is the actual band. <laughs> yeah, the DMT video for "Touching Myself Again," like literally, it just smells like Teen Spirit on a bud, like on a lower budget. Like, yeah, that's it's what also they did a video. lower budget with this song that. <laughs> is kind of like a crossover thrash song too. It's so touching yeah. myself again is a really shitty song. The yeah. only thing I like is like the guitar riff at the start and the rest of it is trash. Well, that's that the worst part trash. about the song, Matt. Well, you also <laughs> like nineties grunge and I can't fucking. That's, that's the thing. I adore nineties grunge. I, so I, the I, guitar I, riff, I was like, all right, I just don't even like, to me, there wasn't even a music video in this movie except for psychotic symphony. Yeah. No, <laughs> the, the rest was just performances. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that's fair. But like, if you watch the video zone on this, they, so the video zone is 12 minutes long. The first six minutes of the video is just like the behind the scenes on the actors and, and the special effects stuff. And then there is a full five minutes dedicated to like, who is Psychotic Symphony and how did they find them? And like all the, like the history of the band. And then they're like, and also Fair Game and DMT are in this. (laughs) So like, it's very clear that, they were like, this is the band. Like they they had expectations that this band was gonna take off and they wanted to really showcase it. And I think, like I said, the is the song great? No, it's kind of catchy and weird and different, but they are the only band out of the three that is completely on a different level doing their own thing. Like yeah. oh yeah. Fair game is just a hair metal band. The and it's a, is just the a wrong time band. of year to or wrong time of uh wrong year to be a hair metal band. It's yeah, like 92. 92. Like, like that's when everything was dying. Uh but they're just like, no, we're doing our own fucking thing. Like they they are and probably the best guitar player out of the three too, because that nurse or that nun could yeah, fucking yeah. wail on that guitar solo. Yeah. So I respect psychotic symphony so much <laughs> because I could never do what they do. Yeah. Like they just make embarrass themselves. Of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like well, it's so tough for me every week to to do this podcast in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> you know? Well, so that's the so the reason why that band broke up was that the guitarist um, David Lee Roth hired him to be his full-time touring guitarist. And that's oh, like what shit. he's been doing ever since. So like the rest of the band kind of disbanded from there, but they were saying on the video zone that they wore the costumes on and off the stage. So when they signed the contract, they signed the contracts with them while in like their costume. <laughs> he's like, I still don't know what some of these guys look like. It's very weird to have like a dude who's wearing a mask of a blown out cheeks and vomit spilling out of its face, signing a contract. (laughs) (laughs) Like I really liked uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Yes, that's I've seen the mask. It looks like the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 mask. Oh, yeah. Uh, Now, they were like they're ahead of their time because, I mean, Slipknot did the exact same thing, just not fun. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that they're a very fun Slipknot because the costumes are outrageous and the music is so weird it's the Dude, weirdest it's so music. fun i mean the the whole idea of like it doing that like kid fucking chorus 
and then right into hard metal. Like it is such a fun song. I have hard metal. (laughs) What is that word? If you ever get a chance, Brian, um, Google psychotic symphony live and someone filmed. That's made me watch them. Dude. They are like what they're you out of see control. In this like video the, is them the whole time. No, it's <laughs> actually they're they were more energetic live. I could, yeah. I mean, like I was in a death metal band and I did vocals and played guitar for eight years, and I was always like, man, this is a hard job to do both. But those guys were doing more work. Each. The guitarist, the guitarist has some weird contraption, and you see it briefly in the music video, but you see it live a lot of the time where he has his guitar like wired to his hands so that when he's like doing the feedback, he flips it so that it's floating and it makes it look like he's causing the guitar to levitate for the uh, feedback stuff and then flips it back into playing. And I'm like, that's he's literally cool. a magician. How, how <laughs> big, how big was psychotic symphony? Did they, they were, uh, they were really big in the LA music yeah, scene. And LA. that was it. Like okay. they, where they were from, they were like, everyone was taught. They were kind of, they were just, <laughs> I mean, let's call them what they are. There are more talented green jelly is basically all that they were. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's like I, I another reason I respect those bands is you guys were in, in bands. So you understand every band has a it's a rite of passage where they just play in front of like a bunch no of people one. that aren't giving a shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like that is so tough. Like you you got to think like I, I went to see Guar and Guar was super famous when I went to see Guar. But there was like a time when they were just like these college kids are like, all right, we're going to decapitate our president, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and the crowd's just like, uh. <laughs> well, that's like, I think about uh, the whole reason the Aquabats were a thing. I remember someone told me was that the, the only reason they fought monsters on stage was, is it was a way to get their friends into the show for free. Was there like, Oh, they're with us. Dude. One of the great, it was a local band. Like, the greatest thing I've ever seen where it's like no one really knew who you were, but this is how you get them to watch your show is when you first booked Hey Hey and yeah. no one had any idea where they were. So they just set up a bunch of Segas with Mortal Kombat in them. And it's like, well, play the game while we play our music. And they had a whole <laughs> crowd of people. 90% of them were either watching people play the game or just playing the game. But regardless, they had a crowd around them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. genius. That's what we do yeah. at Mania. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's where, where do you think I got the idea, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I learned from watching you, hey, hey. Um, so, I have to say, though, back to the actual movie. What the fuck is wrong with this nurse who just walks into a surgery and is like, you've got to hear this crazy yeah. rock shock jock on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you, you would think like someone that's doing open heart surgery would want to listen like Miles Davis. It's like, listen to this guy. He's a pervert. Yeah. Um, and i will say the best effect in the entire film is shortly after that scene where the fungus starts like reacting to the radio and it's this really cool like slimy hand thing like yeah but that's the only time they have like a legit special effect the the plant monster at the end is dumb oh the three-headed audrey too yeah it doesn't look would that make it Uh, an audrey six yes (laughs) that's what that's what i was at um so uh, I will say the other part that I love uh, is Dangerous Dan O'Dare is getting fed up. No one believes him. And uh, he gets this phone call and he's like, caller, what is it? And he's like, hey, Dan, it's Roger, man. And he's like, get off the phone, Roger, you fucking idiot. And then it cuts to the guy outside. He goes, the F word I'm ruined. <laughs> and then it cuts this is basically the- UHF. 
but then it cuts back to the dude on the phone and he goes i didn't know you could say that word on the radio <laughs> like, yeah so, uh, if they wanted to make this a more realistic movie they would have like 40 minutes into it while while he's being taken over by aliens like help Someone calls in like, uh, I like to guess the padlock for the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> also, why was there no music video when they were trying to get Lisa? Like all of a sudden, we don't need to go to these crazy wacky sequences and we can just They ran out of Lisa. money. Yeah. They also well, ran out enough- of women to uh, I mean well, not women, they ran out of to, they ran out of bands that they could finagle into being well, a thing i own the soundtrack and there's a band called joker that has two songs on the soundtrack like all the other bands that have music videos so i'm assuming that they had every intention of there being a fourth band and then just they didn't make the cut i guess (laughs) maybe they're pricks but uh i do love how he describes the band geek he goes they miss lisa and got some goofy looking kid instead (laughs) he's just hi bunny um (laughs) But the alien alien don't like that, so he kills the robot, which was the most sad I was during this entire movie. Yep. I was like, no! Not, not the, the robot! robot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they he pops the alien's suit with an X-Acto knife, which, like, why didn't you do that earlier? Uh, and it turns <laughs> into the three-headed Audrey 2, the Audrey 6, as we declared, which is a decent enough practical effect for a low-budget movie. It's, like, it's goofy. Like, this is definitely, yeah. like, a... It, it, I think they absolutely knew what they were doing and it worked to their benefit. The fight is ridiculous. There's like a point where they cut to this wide shot and it's just a plant and six people just spraying it from a distance screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the, the one thing that I had that's, that's a little, my suspension of disbelief was I wrote, thank God that nurse just was carrying exclusively cleaning supplies. <laughs> when she gets unshrunken, her cart falls over and it's just like 40 bottles of Lysol go flying across yeah. the room. Yeah. Is that really what, what uh, nurses carried around in 1992? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. I guess so. But they, they kill the plant monster and everybody's safe except for Bunny, who remains shrunk until... Demonic Toys versus Dollman, where I guess she didn't want to be in the movie, so suddenly it's the nurse that was never unshrunk. Oh, and is it the same woman who plays the nurse in I this? Think, I think so, but for huh. yeah, for some reason, her and Dollman end up having a relationship. I thought together. it was the nurse that never got unshrunk. No, it's no, Bunny. It was Bunny. Oh. Jade noticed that immediately, and she wasn't even watching the whole movie. <laughs> she was like, as they were as they were like fighting the alien, she's like, wait, wasn't there four of them in a? <laughs> i like how that really pisses your girlfriend off like what the fuck where's the reality here this movie oh, created her because when she comes in midway through a movie she's just confused <laughs> that's the way you gotta and, keep them man and this is and this is definitely one that sitting down and trying to explain it it's like well you know war of the world's well it's kind of like that but, but like reverse. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the thing that i that's what i like about uh I don't know. I I like the movies that we discuss when it's like it would be twice as much work to explain it to someone as it is to just let them be confused. And so that's the way Megan lives her life with me. (laughs) (laughs) 
right, you guys got any last notes uh, on this episode of the Psychotic Symphony fan club? (laughs) I don't have any more notes about the movie, but I have another memory to share with you guys. Um, So whenever I think of bad channels, um, I think about the sickest I ever was in college. I got food poisoning and I thought I was going to die. It was uh, senior year, I want to say. And um, I... It was a Sunday night and I just, I wasn't feeling right. And then things started to happen and I was like, oh God, uh, these things have never come out of my body in such a way before I'm dying. Um, And I couldn't sleep. I was in so much pain. And uh, so I turned on sci-fi because we had free cable in in the dorms, which was fantastic because I didn't grow up with cable. Uh, So it was like, you know, this is awesome. I can watch cable all the time. And I got you know, jack shit done in college. Although I got good grades. I just was a lazy piece of shit most of the time. Um, but anyway, so I'm like writhing in pain for, for hours and, um, not, I'm kind of delirious. And I specifically remember that it was like all horror movies. And I don't know why it was all horror movies because it was (laughs) Valentine's day. (laughs) It was literally February 13th. Um, it, well, I mean, it was like the night before Valentine's Day. So I spent was Valentine's Day. Was it a Friday, Day. though? Was no, it, it was a Sunday. Okay, even weirder. I got yeah, they, it, it made no sense, but they had all horror movies playing. And um, I remember watching Bad Channels. I think it was all Full Moon stuff, too. But I remember watching Bad Channels, um, and it had been so long since I'd seen it that I was like, in and out of consciousness and I look over and it's the psychotic symphony part. And I'm like, Oh, it was too much to take. It was just too much. 921 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Set a course. Set a course. Set a course for the unstoppable Jack and Jen podcast in the impossible Star Trek Voyager being the material Wine is the vehicle just like milk for your cereal Here we go, blast into the Delta Quadrant Uncharted territory, but we're on it Support me another glass of Cabernet Cause it pairs with the different parts of the galaxy Never in my life was a crew so brave Never was a time that I liked rosé But you learn something new each and every day To explore new things is a Starfleet way Podcast hailing from the Geekscape Nation Talking Star Trek with the wine persuasion So you wanna live long and prosper fine Then you better tune in to Seven of Wine And this is Seven of Wine Where we review an episode of Star Trek Voyager And a bottle of wine at the same time What is your double feature for this bad boy? Well, I already told you mine. Oh, is that for real? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't kidding. Yeah, you guys cock block me on my double features like every other week. It's ridiculous.
So I figured out what my double feature was while watching the video zone because I was not aware that the director of Bad Channels made another movie prior to this. He's also the director of Terror Vision, which is oh. a perfect double feature with this movie. And a much better film. Definitely a better film. The Terror Vision is like if the psychotic symphony sequence never ended. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, delightful movie. Uh, makes sense. That was, I think that was with Emperor, Empire. Empire, that was an Empire yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, he's got that Charles Band connection. But yeah, no, I'm going with Terror Vision as my double feature. Interesting. How about you, Brian? So, this movie stars Sonny Carl Davis. <laughs> Sonny Carl Davis was in Jack Black's not great movie, Bernie, which also starred Jack Black. And Jack Black did a little uh, short film called Tenacious D Time Fixers, which starred Michael Keaton, who was in Beetlejuice. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> So, that is irrelevant to the question you asked me. <laughs> is, it's just a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah. What, what movie would I pair this with? So, I really am relying on the music for this. Um, and I would probably... See, there's a lot of good musical horror movies. Cannibal the Musical, Phantom of the Paradise. I haven't seen, but I heard. So, it's got to be something like that. <laughs> So I think that I'm going to do shock treatment. Okay. I do love feature. So I love shock treatment. I will say my plan B, because I thought Scott may have taken Terror Vision, my plan B was uh, Airheads, I think would be a delay. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good one. See, I'm always stuck on the horror. Yeah, you don't always have to go horror. Yeah. Um, but what I will say, guys, <clears throat> is... We're going to be talking about Airheads and probably a couple other things over on the Patreon page. So if you go to the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, the Bed Channels episode is going to keep on moving with us discussing some of our favorite like fictional bands in movies. So go and check that out. But in the meantime, stay tuned, Horror uh, Movie Night listeners. We'll be back next week with another uh, movie that people might not know is music video uh, influence because it's basically the plot line of AHA's Take On Me's music video. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready for that. Uh, and meanwhile, go and hit up our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our Instagram. It's all HMN Podcast or HMNPodcast.com or emails at HMNPodcast at gmail.com. But until then, we'll be back because we're so happy. <laughs> we're so happy. I'm kidding. My life really sucks. Sucks. <laughs> listening to the Geekscape Network. 
91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.